Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. Sunday, March 25th. Wow. End of March. A little discussion about that at the end of the show. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. The Satellite Sisters joining me today are my sister Monica Dolan in Portland, Oregon. Monica, did I see that it snowed this week in Portlandia? Uh, It did, Liz. We've just had the craziest week of weather. We had uh, a real snow event, like two or three inches on the ground Tuesday night. And then yesterday, it was about... 65 and sunny, so just crazy week. Okay, all right. Both things unusual in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Yes. (laughs) And Julie, you're in Dallas, Texas. What's going on there? Not a whole lot, Liz, but I'm very glad to be with you and Monica on a very sunny day here in Dallas. All right. Well, we have a lot of things we want to talk about, things in our lives and things in the news. I did want to start by just acknowledging that the news this week was dominated by two just unbearably sad stories. One was the death of Trayvon Martin and all of the fallout from that. And one is the, um, the, the Staff Sergeant Robert Bales being charged with the 17 murders in Afghanistan. And just one of those stories is just unbearable enough. But both of them, when I look at them, I just can't help but think about the other people involved in Trayvon Martin's life and Robert Bales's life. I think of... Trayvon's parents and what they must be going through. And then with the Staff Sergeant Robert Bales, wow, his wife Carrie Lynn, I can't imagine what that must be like to send your husband off to war. He's obviously career military. Um, And then to have something this awful happened and to kind of know that it was was at the hand of your loving husband, It, it just must be unbearable to live through something like that. Uh, absolutely, Liz. You know, I read an interesting story that was posted um, at, um, um, at uh, on a website just that said that a lot of Army wives are ra- rallying around Sergeant Bale's wife. Um, that not that they would ever, you know, um, think that their husbands would do that, but they, but somehow they understand how when you send your husband off to war uh, and something horrible, you know, horrible like this happens. Um, that, you know, they, they were very empathetic to her and how, and what she must feel like, because the pictures out of Afghanistan, when you see the, you know, the families that were destroyed right. in bales, I mean, and you think about the grief involved there and that so many of his victims were children, mm-hmm. uh, asleep. I mean, it really is. Uh, just as you said, it, it really overshadows so, mu- so much of what happened this week is just thinking about that absolutely horrible, tragic situation. And the same is true with the situation in Florida. Right. Absolutely horrible, tragic situation. 
Yeah, the level of heartbreak. And don't, I mean, Robert Bales has kids, right? I just think like, all right, in the best possible scenario, he may spend the rest of his life in jail, right? And much worse things could happen to him as punishment. And so if you're his child and you grow up with that, what do you even do with that information that your dad did something that brutal? I just, I don't know how you work through that or how their mom sort of leads her children through that process of understanding, you know, here's who your father was and here's who he became. It just, it's, it's unimaginable, something like that. Uh, but a little bit closer to home uh, in our own, you know, sort of here's what we're dealing with in the Dolan family situation. Last week we did mention on the show that uh, we've had some emergency medical interventions in the home of our mom and dad because our, our father uh, has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and has suddenly taken a turn for the worse. I mean, we've known this for a couple of years, but he's suddenly taken a turn for the worse. And our mother needed a lot more help than she was willing to accept caring for our dad. But we finally, we surrounded them. We stepped in. Monica, you were here for a while helping to manage that. Julie, you came here for a while helping to manage that. I mean, they live about 10 blocks from me in San Monica. So, you know, I'm engaged with that. But we had another breakthrough this week on this in the service sector, didn't we, Julie? Really? Yes, yes. Oh, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Monica, you know, when we were setting up the in-home nursing care and, you know, anyone, anyone listening who has who has elderly parents or who has a family member where you have set up care, you look for all the resources you can. And and we have done that over the years. Three years ago, Leon was the first in the family to introduce us to an elder care counselor to help us, you know, have someone talk to our family about what resources are out there for your aging parents and how do you avail yourself of those resources and you know so we have been on this for a while but as we were setting up the in-home nursing care monica um the the agency we were dealing with said oh well um is your father a world war ii veteran and we said yes he is and they said well you know if you apply to the veterans administration that they have a certain pool of funds for uh, for veterans that when you are setting when you're um, establishing in-home care that they will reimburse you for some of the costs associated with that and you know we were like okay we're in we want to take you know we want to find out about that and they gave Liz I think you got the contact information yes and I thought it was a good sign Monica because the contact at this veterans organization her name was Monica so I'm like okay that's good I'll and, and I'm then, surprised anyone even contacted you. Okay, this is the amazing thing. This mystery solved this week, but that's exactly what Julie and I were saying to each other, Monica, that the, the in-home care agency said, oh, I'll have you call them tomorrow. She, I'll have them call you tomorrow. She said this on a Sunday, and Julie and I are looking at each other like, yeah, like anyone no is going to call <laughs> within the first day. But sure enough, they did. And there was a rapid-fire series of conversations. They were emailing all of the applications to me into Julie. Julie's filling them out, faxing them to me. I'm getting things signed. Boom, boom, boom. Things are happening so fast that finally at the beginning of this week, I said to Julie, like, I can't believe these people are really the Veterans Administration. They are so on top of it. This is just so different than anything I have ever heard about the VA. 
Really, I, I know, Liz, I think I said I wanted to um, increase the amount of taxes I pay to the U.S. government because <laughs> I was impressed with the bank. Okay, I just want to put in my two cents worth here about the VA because as part of my job, I work over at the VA. I guess I'm sort of unofficially like a part-time contractor. So I just want you to know when I started my job at OHSU, it took me 6.8 months before before I was issued an ID card at the VA hospital to go work over there, you know, and I worked there sort of like this part-time thing one day a week, but that's how long it took me to get all of the paperwork done and signed and to the right person. Uh, there were a lot of acronyms being thrown at me <laughs> when I was trying to apply for things. I would get emails from some stranger at the VA like, um, you need to contact your DPW and file your R2-D2 and then go to room 27A uh, remote. <laughs> so, like, get a picture taken. It took forever. So it is sort of... That's just sort of an ongoing saga at work. Everyone that starts who's brand new, and when they have to go work at the VA, I'm like, don't worry about it till next year because <laughs> it'll take you that long before they even tell you where you're supposed to go. So I'm shocked well, that we, you're getting we, service. We were, Monica, we were so amazed about this. It was incredible. And so, but this week, <laughs> we had... It really it was, was incredible in the was, true sense of credible. Okay, I mean, the first tip-off was, again, because we were dealing with an acronym, it was like the VVC, you know, it was some, you know, vector, you know, something with a lot of Vs in it, but its uh, website address was .com. Remember, Liz? And yes. I said to you, I thought that's unusual that, the, you know, that it's not uh, .gov, you know, so that was our first tip-off. But we got to the bottom of it this week, Monica, and lo and behold, the VA administration we're dealing with, well, it's really the faux VA. It's not, it's not really. It's VA light. No, it, it is VA wonderful. That is what it is. It is this highly responsive, um, caring group of people that follow up with excellent customer service in a highly efficient fashion. So, but it's the faux VA we're dealing with. So it's someone, it, that's what you need. You need someone who knows how to navigate through the VA system. That's who these people are, Monica. Because they, I'm, not, I'm not saying their services aren't excellent. They're excellent. Um, but it, it's just so hard to navigate within that system. So that's what you need. You need a VA navigator. <laughs> that's, well, who, that's who we found. That's who our Monica is. She's a VA navigator. But they, So they're a private contractor that is sort of a go-between between people like us and the VA. Uh, could I get her contact information? <laughs> uh, because we could use those services at our work. <laughs> but well, Monica, that's exactly what uh, this Monica said to us was that she said, you can go it alone. You can, you can apply directly <laughs> to the VA. You're laughing already. You can apply directly to the VA for this benefit for your father. But, you, you know, it's going to take you eight to ten months minimum, right. to get this done. Or if by using their service they, as, the, as the VA navigator, they assist. And for a relatively modest fee, they are helping us do that. And uh, Liz and I made uh, the executive committee of, of the family. I called Liz up. I was like, 
Well, what do you think, Liz, now that we found out that our VA is not the real VA, but the faux VA? Do we still want to go ahead with it? You were like, oh, yeah. Son. <laughs> I was like, this is the best money we ever spent. Yes. <laughs> this is exactly what we need in our lives. So, you know, mystery solved, and it is kind of funny. And the good news is that the VA does really have this benefit, and sooner or later we will get it, and they'll help us get there. And also it does make me laugh, because when I think back, every time our father ever mentioned being in the Army, we would just roll our eyes, because he entered. Our, he's about the age where he entered the Army like, on the day the Second World War ended. Right. <laughs> so he wasn't a combat veteran. It's not. He did not come ashore at Normandy. And, and yet, because he served his country and did do time in the Army, uh, we have access to this benefit, and we are incredibly grateful for it, even if we have to hire someone to go get it for us. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Monica, I understand you've been sucked into the scenario, the Hunger Games scenario. I did, Liz. I got totally caught up in the Hunger Games juggernaut this weekend. And uh, I went to see the movie yesterday, and apparently I wasn't the only one in America who did that because they said it took in something like $155 million uh, the first weekend. So seven of those dollars were mine. Um Wow, your movies are cheap, Monica. Okay, let let me emphasize that. $7 to see a first-run movie. I made an amazing find this weekend by going to my friends at Yelp. You know, that's the mm-hmm. social networking site where people review things. And I found out, I mean, I guess other people in Portland have known about this theater, but there's a theater in Northeast called The Roseway, and all movies are $7, and there are no lines, even at this blockbuster opening of The Hunger Games. I mean, I wasn't saying the movie theater was completely filled uh, by the time I paid my $7 and sat down. Big chairs, it's an old movie theater that they've restored, big comfy chairs with a cup holder for $7. (laughs) Wow. In an old theater for, I mean, I'm not going anywhere else. It was crazy. It was crazy good. Um, So I went to see uh, The Hunger Games. Now, I didn't read the books. Um, And most people know it's it's based on this. It's a trilogy of these young adult novels written by Suzanne Collins. Very, very popular. It's about this future society in North America. Um, But now that I've seen the first movie, I get there are going to be three movies, um, I think. Now that I've seen the first movie, I think I may read books two and three. Um, I, it was interesting. So I'm not going to give away any spoilers. I mean, if, if you've been alive this week yes. in America, I'm sure you read something about The Hunger Games. So I'm just going to – it's about children, a lottery, and a competition. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Well, you know, if you listen to Leanne's podcast, our sister Leanne, who's not with us this morning, but is here sometimes, she does her own show called Chaos Chronicles. And if you go to chaoschronicles.com or go to iTunes and search on Chaos Chronicles, you can see that weekly show. She devoted a lot of time on her podcast this week, Monica, to The Hunger Games, and she purposely read the book last week because she wanted to be prepared to see the movie with her son, Colin, who is kind of a purist about this stuff that 
when you buy a book, the movie should be the same as the book. It should not be totally different than the book. So, so she does a lengthy review of both the book and what she's hoping for in the movie on Chaos Chronicles this week. That Now that you've seen the movie, you might enjoy her, her take on the book and what she found so appealing about it. Okay, I should probably go over there and listen to that. I, might, I, I will say the perfect audience for this movie, I mean, they, for, for the audience it was intended for, which is teens and I think tweens and parents of teens and tweens, I think it was a very, very good movie. For the casual adult, which is me, yes. <laughs> casually strolling in, Paying a casual $7 to see it, I, I'd say it was good, solid entertainment. I oh. would, you know, I wouldn't rush out to see it. Now, Liz and Julie, I know you both probably see it on an airplane. <laughs> I also know people are going to have very strong opinions about this movie because there's so many people that have read the books and love it. And they're either going to feel, I think they'll feel very strongly about the movie. So I thought it was very good, solid entertainment. Um, I absolutely adore um, Jennifer Lawrence. And you guys know that. Mm-hmm. From I, mm-hmm. I loved her in Winter's Born. And she pay, plays the protagonist in the movie. And, you know, if her skin could be any more luminous. I <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is it is it the hunger that does that, or the training that does that? She or- doesn't look that hungry in the movie. Actually, I know she's supposed to look really hungry. She looks pretty fit in the movie, um, and she's just she's absolutely gorgeous, in my opinion, and just luminous skin, and it's dewy. And you see, there's a lot of running through the woods. I mean, really, there hasn't been that much running through the woods since Last of the Mohicans, and I say. <laughs> Every movie should just have a scene where people are just running wildly through the woods. Um, (laughs) The other thing about it is there are a couple of very good, um, uh, what what was it, (laughs) other people in the movie. I can't think of the word phrase. (laughs) Other other good cast members. Thank you, Julie. All right, Stanley Tucci. I go see it just for him. He plays this sort of campy, there is a lot of camp in the movie. Um, which I enjoyed, but this, he plays this diabolical sort of master of ceremonies. He's absolutely brilliant. And then there was a character called Effie Trinket. And I'm sure if you read the book, you know who Effie Trinket is. But I, it, she's very heavily made up in a very sort of campy way. And I did not know who the actress was that was playing her. So for, I, I just kept staring at her face. I was like, is that? Parker Posey, and I'm pretty sure it was Parker Posey, but in a couple of scenes, I thought it was Jane Fonda. (laughs) That is going to make Parker Posey so sad. I know. I I was like, I think that's Jane Fonda. Oh, she's back. And and who was it? It was Elizabeth Banks. Oh. Uh, Oh. And she's also excellent in the movie. So I would say good entertainment for the casual adult and for if you're a teen or if you've read the book and love them i think you will think it's very very good people cheered at the end of the movie there was and you know what for seven dollars you can't get any better than that (laughs) are you gonna go see this liz will you go i 
I won't be rushing out. I, as Monica has suggested, I'm assuming it's going to catch up with me at some point on an airplane. It'd be a great airplane movie. Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. airplane movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I have another airplane movie that I would recommend, but I think you might enjoy it as a casual, casual adult. I, I'm, I want to recommend uh, fly fishing in Yemen. Have you heard about What this? is that? I've seen the ads, but I haven't heard one other single word about it, Julie. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Wonderful movie. Okay. Ewan McGregor is in it. Don't you love him? Love yeah. him. Love him. Emily Blount. You know, she was the one in um, oh, yes, Devil Bears yes. Prada. She's yeah. excellent in this. Kristen Scott Thomas is in this movie. Okay. Here's what this movie has. Very uh, no, it's not in nor Park, Parker Posey. This movie is, has a very takes a very novel approach. First of all, it has an excellent script. Okay, how about that? How, how many movies have you been to lately that are just they have no plot, they have no script? It's terrible. This has its sparkling conversation. You're really involved with the characters. You like all the characters, and it's and it's based on a true story about a Yemeni sheikh who wanted to introduce salmon fishing in, in, into Yemen, the country of Yemen. And so, the, um, so Emily Blount represents him in Britain, and she finds, like, Mr. Fly Fisherman, play, p- played by Ewan McGregor, Ooh. and he, he cooks up this plan for bringing uh, trout, uh, not trout, salmon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they wanted salmon, but he arrived with trout. Whatever. <laughs> thinking about the dinner scene where I eating some trout. Okay, so it's, um, but it's the salmon to Yemen. But it's it's so much, not, it's not really about fly fishing at all. You're really, you're, it's about their relationships. And it's, uh, it's a, a little unexpected. And it's just very, very enjoyable. Now, here's the other thing that um, my husband and I happened to notice last night. I was able to lure my husband into going to watch this movie. Because, because it had fly fishing? Fly fishing, Monica. Well, <laughs> get to this theater in Dallas. because Did it's you open. tell him it was a documentary about <laughs> fly fishing? I said it's fly fishing in Yemen. International <laughs> businessman. Okay, so I was trying to appeal to him on multiple fronts and about fly fishing. Okay. The movie theater is packed. I look around, he looks around, and I realize that every other man in this movie theater is a fly fisherman. You can just look. <laughs> Are they wearing hats with lures Some on them? have hats on. Some just have those faces. You can tell that the river has run through these men in, the, in this room. They are here to see, like, a documentary. Oh, no. Okay. But, and all the women in the room are kind of crafty, like me. Like, they have lured their husbands, their significant others, their dates into coming to see a movie about fly fishing. But it's really not. It's a nice romance, romantic story. So, I would recommend it, sister. I think you'd really like it. You'd like the acting. You'd like the story. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's fascinating. So that's my mini review on that. Okay. Thank you, Julie, because I was curious about that movie. That's an unusual title. Um, two concepts there that are really designed as a marketeer. I would say two concepts in that title designed to drive potential viewers away. One being fly fishing (laughs) and one being Yemen. So, you know, your average moviegoer, as if they're not turned off by one of those concepts, the double whammy would send them uh, away. But I'm glad to know it's good. Yes. Okay. I'm putting that on my list. It's a good girlfriend movie. You will enjoy, you know, taking a girlfriend to this movie. It's excellent. And there might be some... 
handsome fly fisherman sitting next to you. So who knows? Okay. okay. Casual adults all turning out for that one. All right. <laughs> okay. On to, I, I have a situation going on in my backyard that I just need some satellite sister advice. It's sort of a, what would, what would the satellite sisters do? Okay. I, I have a backyard project going on where a small wall is being built. Uh, so I have a contractor, oh, okay. uh, a, mace, a mason uh, is there building this small uh, stone and brick wall. Uh, so, so that's going on. So the contractor shows up and I, he looks like, well, we're having a debate. Um, my husband and I are having a little debate. I say he looks exactly like Sam Elliott. Do you remember Sam Elliott? <laughs> yes, yes, of course. First, you know, the dark hair, the big, the excellent mustache. And again, this guy is a mason. So the upper body work that he has done is outstanding. <laughs> Just outstanding because he's been lifting blocks and bricks and stones. So, so we have, either, it's either Sam Elliott or, a sort of a slightly younger version of the Dos Equis man. <laughs> the, you know, most, the most interesting man in the world? The most interesting man in the world. That's, he is in the backyard and he, I can tell, he's leading his crew, but he's doing it, Monica, in such a soulful way. Like when they have, when they want to discuss this wall, they all sit in a circle and the Dos Equis oh, man, cool. Sam Elliott, they, uh, they, uh, he leads them in conversation, and it's and you can tell that they are all highly engaged with um, with our, the contractor in building the best wall they ever can. So he's this wildly handsome man in the backyard. So I um, thought that you know, Liz, you have a little habit or a hobby. It's not a habit; it's a hobby that when you see a celebrity in California, mm-hmm. you take a picture and you send it to Sheila, right? That's that correct. Right? Yes. Or I, or I just text her. I don't always snap a photo, but I always say, you know, sitting next to Sam Elliott right now or something. <laughs> okay, because because you probably are sitting next to Sam Elliott. I just have the contractor that looks like Sam Elliott. <laughs> So, but I'm, well, we'll call him Sham Elliot, okay? <laughs> okay, Sham Elliot's in the backyard. And so I, you know, I have from time to time uh, with Sheila when I see sort of, you know, a cute, you know, somebody cute, a cute policeman, cute fireman, in this case, Sham Elliot, I send her a picture. Um, but so I went out with my, with my cell phone to take a picture ostensibly of my wall. But I... <laughs> I was taking a picture of Sham Elliot to send to Sheila, and I and I heard right back from Sheila, and she said the picture is too fuzzy. It's good work. He looks cute, but I need more details. <laughs> so here's my question: I, I only have you know TikTok. My wall is almost done. I mean, I, I'm looking out. There may be you know half a day worth worth of work left to do. Do you think I risk going out there and really, like, in order, because of the sun and the shade, I know I'm going to get a lot of shadows on Sham Elliott's face. Should I just go up and ask to take his picture and send, you know, and say, oh, I always like to take pictures of, you know. Cute <laughs> man in my backyard. <laughs> I, I just would not do that, Julie. Oh, okay. I mean, that, that, I, I, 
<laughs> well, okay. Or I think you have to um, take a picture of him with the wall. Take a picture of him with his work and say, "I'd like to post this on my Facebook page. I want to recommend your services." With, which, which, of course, then you will have to do because I don't think you should lie to him totally. <laughs> but say, "Could I get a picture of you with your handiwork so that I can post it on my Facebook page or do some other crazy thing with it?" And then he might pose with the wall, and then you're co- and then you can crap out the wall when you send it to Sheila. That's fine. But, you know, that, that's a thought. Okay. I like that, Liz. All right. I think I could have enough nerve to do that. I mean, it's just, I, I'm kind of like with you, Monica. I, I mean, it's, it's a casual little game I play with Sheila. It's not, you know, I don't want to like embarrass myself or him by right, right. like, you know, like stalking him out and trying to get a good picture. But yeah, but- I, do, I don't think you should treat him like backyard beefcake. If that's what you're, <laughs> if that's what you're thinking, <laughs> I agree with Monica on that. That would be insulting. Is that a website back, backyard? <laughs> no, but maybe you want to start that. I don't know. <laughs> a calendar. Tell, yeah. Tell Sham you're, you're starting a calendar called backyard beefcake. Good idea, Liz. Well, well, Julie, you said he's almost done, but maybe he isn't. Maybe he needs to sit around in his tribal circle and ruminate a little bit more about the last few stones. So, he, he could. Well, this is, he's got to do a little sort of, this is the custom work that's coming up, Monica. So it may be a full day I have out there, but, but that's it. The time, you know, the time will pass. And, mm-hmm. and again, what will come of this? I don't know, but it, uh, <laughs> Well, I think I think we know nothing will come of it, so it's not. <laughs> well, that's not how Sheila feels about these things, Liz. You know. Okay. Well, that's uh, that was. Thank you. I, that's good guidance. I have a plan. If I get a picture of Sham Elliott, uh, I will indeed post that at Satellite Sisters website um, Facebook yeah. page because yeah, he's done a fine job. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's that's a benefit to him. So that's yeah. good. All right. Well, as long as we're talking about repairs, can I just say this? I think the most effective, fantastic, life-saving organization ever invented in the entire world is, tri- is AAA. Can I just say that? Like, I am having a love fest with AAA in the past week. Liz, and, wow. And I just think it's one of those things, there are very few things in your life that, like, always works and is always there and they always do an excellent job with a smile. I just got to say, AAA, I love you guys. So, <laughs> so last weekend on the show, I was telling you because I had been away in India the whole previous week, previous week I got home and my car was dead. So AAA had to come. Uh, Liz, why is your car battery always dead? I, I don't know, Monica, but it does seem to be a recurring theme with me, no matter what car I'm driving. I mean, I lived with you in Portland. That was a long time ago. Your car battery went dead like once a month. I mean, don't you, how, how don't, do car batteries go dead in a week? Well, it's if you're not driving your car enough, this is what... Yeah. Ramon, the battery guy, explained to me last weekend, if you're not driving your car enough, obviously it's going to go dead. I was like, but I was only gone eight days. He's like, well, you know, these fancy cars with their computers and their this and their that, they're just drawing power even when you're away. And he gave me a whole protocol of what I should be doing before I leave town, Monica. Did one of them, one of them include turn off your lights? Yes. <laughs> 
They're mysteriously drawing power when you leave your lights on. It, it wasn't even that. Anyway, okay. so but so so I got the the battery service last week, last Saturday, which Jeez. was very effective. And you know, it's just one of those. They say they're going to be there in thirty minutes, and gosh darn it, they are there in thirty minutes. That's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good. And they have this whole text messaging system where you seem to get this update on their progress, like. Every three minutes, we're, they're like, okay, now we're 20 minutes away. Now we're 18 minutes away. Now we're, which, really? which at first annoyed me, but now I kind of like it because they're just totally on top of it. Well, this week I was driving to work, and I was about a mile from where I work when I noticed that my car was making a lot of noise. And it wasn't a specific noise. It just felt noisy. And uh, so you think, should I pull over? But, of course, I didn't do that. I just thought... Of course not. I, I just turned up the radio and said, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to... Whatever is wrong, I'll figure it out when I get to the office parking lot. So uh, I get to the office parking lot. I pull in. I get out of my car. And sure enough, passenger side, front, flat tire. Whoa. But, but, oh. it, but it wasn't... It, if I had thought it was a flat tire, I would have pulled over immediately. It wasn't that clunk 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 sound but whatever it was definitely a flat tire but then then you got to go in i mean i'm it's work is starting i don't have time to deal with this right now so i run up to my office i put a big sticky note on my computer uh call triple a because i have to run out to a two-hour meeting and i'm afraid that when i come back i'm going to be absorbed in my work and forget that i also have an a mid-afternoon appointment i have to go to and that i'll run out to go to my appointment and only then will i remember that i have the um the flat you, tire you live on the edge <laughs> it's just you know, most people you know they, if they had a flat tire they would have called into the meeting and said I'm not coming. I got a flat tire, you know, or, you know, but you're on the edge, Liz. And, and an outside appointment that you'd have to rely on the car. So the total window of time that you've allowed for fixing this flat tire is how much? (laughs) Well, it's, it's, it's 30 minutes, Julie, because that's how much I believe in AAA. That's how much, I mean, I really had an hour, but I knew if it took them 30 minutes to get there, (laughs) that, you know, it's not going to take them more than 30 minutes to change the tire. And sure enough, I called. They tell we'll be there within 30 minutes. They got there in like 27 minutes. And 10 minutes later, bada boom, bada bing, we're done. They're done. I like, we're out. Of course, he points out to me that I destroyed the tire by driving on it. It was, the flat was caused by a nail. Uh, but he said if you had pulled over immediately, you might have been able to save the tire. Well, oh well. <laughs> Again, he doesn't realize that you live on the edge that you do live. Yeah, right? I'm just trying to make the finish line by getting to the office in time for the meeting. Anyway, it's just there are so few things out there that are total reliability and satisfaction. Like last weekend when we did the show, remember you guys, I was doing the show from the Skype app on my iPhone because the internet was out at my home. And so I had had three back-to-back extremely negative calls with Time Warner Cable on Sunday that had sort of that customer service experience in my mind because there could be nothing less satisfying than dealing with your cable television company, right? (laughs) I mean, 
that the first time they hung up on me after I finished punching in my account number and my address, blah, 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 then they cut you off. The second time they cut me off after I finished talking to an actual person and she's escalating my case to send me to the next person, boom, cut off then. So it took me three complete tries with Time Warner Cable to even have the telephone conversation. So anyway... Cable navigator, it's clear. That's what you see. I think there is, there is, that's a market niche right there. If there could be a company that could be the go between between you and your cable operator, that <laughs> that, that's is, an excellent idea. Okay. It's mine right there. Yeah. Anyway, AAA can't be beat. They just, all they do is exactly what they say they're going to do. And that's what I enjoy about them. So, you know, there you have it. That's my report on that. That's quite a shout out, Liz. Well, I have I have a little shout out this week. I mean, on a much lesser scale. I mean, there were two big sports stories this week. Okay, of course, Tim Tebow going to the New York Jets. Okay, so <laughs> which is just, crazy. Okay, it's crazy. Just knock yourselves out. I think they're going to just be so exhausted from talking about Tim Tebow twenty four seven in the New York media market. I, I don't know how they're going to manage to even make it to the football season, but. I think the um, NFL, Roger Goodell and the NFL, they timed all of that just right. They knew that big story was breaking about Tim Tebow leaving the Denver Broncos, going to the New York Jets, and at the same time, they snuck in that unreasonable, unjust, ridiculous, punitive, um, vicious penalty where Sean Payton the beloved coach of the New, New Orleans Saints, is, has been banned from coaching for a year, along with several other um, assistant coaches, general managers. They, they received the harshest penalty ever given out in NFL history to the coach of the uh, New Orleans Saints for, okay, all right, there was a Come little... Come on, Kyle, first of all, can we just say it's not just the beloved coach, but beloved coach of your beloved New Orleans Saints. I yes, think it's clear in context in, in here. Bowl, yes, yes. Okay, okay all right. This, okay. Is, this is your team. Are you okay, good? this is my team, the team that saved the city of New Orleans, okay, that, that, that has t- t- totally revived the city of New Orleans with their Super Bowl win. So Roger Goodell, you know, he lays out the harshest penalty ever done. So I just have a little shout-out to Roger Goodell. I, I, I'm sure he is aware that the Super Bowl this year in 2013 is going to be in <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it's Roger Goodell calling. <laughs> or, or, or Time Warner Cable or AAA. Okay, so the okay. Um, Roger so, Goodell. So the Super Bowl is in New Orleans this year. In New Orleans. Right? So I have a little, just a little bit of advice for Roger Goodell. I suggest that he bring his own food because if he comes to New Orleans and tries to order a bowl of gumbo, there's going to be spit in that gumbo. He is just, I mean. Yeah, I, I, I just I feel so badly for the team and for the city. And uh, I've been on the message board, Monica, at um, the New Orleans Saints. And I would have to say that the Houdat Nation, they, you know, maybe because they have been through so much misery with Katrina, they are taking this standing up. They are, you know, they they are rallying behind the Saints and they don't really care about this. But I, I, I really fear for Roger Goodell when he comes comes in uh, this uh, coming year to the Super Bowl. So, Julie, I, Julie, I can understand why people who love the city of New Orleans and the team, the New Orleans Saints, why you're very upset about this. 
But what they were doing, paying bounties for injuring opposing players, I mean, it had to be punished in, to be the, in the harshest way possible. Well, I know, but I think that it, that it was, I think it was extreme. And the fact that they, he felt like he could get away with it, um, with the, you know, New Orleans Saints. I mean, the fact that maybe other teams are doing this and they just didn't get caught, I don't know. Would he have given the same kind of penalty to, you know, like the superstar Bill Belichick? Would he have gotten this kind of penalty? I don't know, Liz. I just feel like they felt like they could get away with it with the New Orleans Saints. Because, you know, they are the saints people. Some people love them, but they are not, you know, they don't always get the media attention that some other teams like the New York Giants, New York Jets, uh, the New England Patriots get. So that's all right. Well, I think it would be good to let's put some emotional energy into figuring out how we could get Bill Belichick banned from the game totally for life, because I would be for that. (laughs) (laughs) He He just bugs me. And so, so let's work on that. That would be good. I'm up for that. That sounds that, that's brightened my day. Thanks very much. Okay, I have a little status report on my uh, New Year's resolution slash fitness challenge that oh, I entered yes. into. Okay, at the very beginning of this year, I told you that my friend Rosemary, who you guys all know, had sent out a challenge on January 1st that she wanted to get everyone enrolled in a competition to see for the first three months of the new year who could amass the most mileage, either running or walking. Bikes did not count. (laughs) But either running or walking, January, February, March, sign up. You know that Nike Plus software where you have the sensor in your shoe and then the app on your phone so it measures, you know, really scientifically all of the mileage you're doing? She said, okay, everybody in, uh, the people, everybody throw in $25, and at the end of three months, the top three people in the standings split all the money. So 25 of us enrolled. Uh, I actually didn't think it was going to have any emotional impact on me at all, but au contraire, sisters. You are going for it, Liz. Oh, oh my God. Here we are in the final week of the challenge, and I know that I'm not going to land in the money. One, two, and three is totally locked up, and they're so far ahead of me that I cannot... There's, I have, there's no way I'm going to be able to reach one, two, and three. But, but you don't want to be in the bottom three. I am at number six now, Monica. Wow. And, I, and I just want to say the standings between five and six, it is a <laughs> dogfight. It is a total dogfight. The person who is at number five, we have switched places every day this week. I've been at five one day, then she's been at five the ne- next day, back and forth, a total dogfight. And even before I went away last week, I could see that, my goodness, we're like really close. I better pay attention. So when I was in India last week, there, there was one afternoon when I was in Indira Gandhi International Airport, where I put on those shoes with those sensors in them. And I just marched up and down the concourses in the Delhi airport in India. I got in two miles just in Indira Gandhi International Airport. So that's how serious I am about not, I'm not going to win any money. I'm not going to be in the top three, but now I'm just totally focused on beating this one person. <laughs> and, and I've never even met her. I don't know her. She's just a, just a name on my computer, but they have this section in the software where you can kind of trash talk each other. So now there is some taunting going on. There's, there's actual back and forth taunting between she and I, because we can see that we have both just like completely focused 
on on that finish line on the last day of March. So anyway, I, th- my report. What's your strategy now for this last week, Liz? What are you going to do? Well, okay, this week is going to be hard for me, Julie, because surprise, su- surprise, surprise. I get on another airplane tonight, Sunday night. I have a very long flight. Oh. I will I will be in Spain for the rest of the week, coming home on Friday night. So there's all I can do is try to spend the way I did this week, every waking moment, every waking moment, yes, on the airplane, Monica, in the airport, even if it's just the hallway in my hotel during any free moment I have, I just, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going down without a fight. So, uh, but the miracle is that something as simple as this competition where nothing is at stake at all here, nothing at all except the honor of being number five versus being number six. But out of 25, I still think that's pretty good. Anyway, I am, I'm amazed at the emotional impact it has had on me. And can I just say, I'm, I'm coming up to 300 miles. So when you think about that, that's 100 miles a month, January, February, March. That's very tw- good, Liz. Yeah, that's, 20, that's excellent. That's 25 miles a week. That is a solid effort, and I really do feel great as a result of having just, and I've mainly been walking because I've been having some, well, okay. The, the last part of this is that <laughs> I, I seem to have some very serious butt cheek injury is all I can, it's the only way I can explain it. Like wherever the hip bone connects to the leg bone on the right leg. I believe that's the butt cheek. <laughs> yes. Yes. So a butt cheek injury, I'm not sure exactly how it's caused. Obviously, uh, Walking up and down airport concourses and extra miles might have exacerbated this, but my butt cheek hurt so much that it woke, <laughs> it, it woke me up in the middle of the night every night this week. So, so finally this weekend I went and uh, I had it worked on. I, had, I got some professional attention to my butt cheek. And, you know, and that's the kind of massage where your masseuse is taking her elbow and just oh, like, digging it in. So I'm pretty good for now. The butt cheek has been stabilized. Uh, unfortunately, I have to get on a plane tonight, and so that's, you know, many hours of flying, like a total of, I don't know, 10, 12 hours of flying. So when I asked her her advice about how I maintain the butt cheek flexibility that she has now established. <laughs> it's a fluidness. Yes. There's a fluidity now that was lacking uh, two days ago. She said I should bring a tennis ball, a lacrosse ball, a yoga ball, something like that. And, and sit on it and, and, massage and sit on it and massage myself on my, on my flight tonight. So and where's well, that, that will certainly turn off your, your seat mate. So <laughs> your seat mate won't be talking to you once you start doing that. Just do it. You think I should do it? I've really been debating whether I've lost all dignity and all, at all and would do that in public. But you say go for it. You know, I see more and more people with the tennis balls and doing the self-massage and yes. in yeah. weird places. So go ahead and do it. I think I as mean, long it can't as you... be any weirder than what other people do on airplanes. Right. I think as long as you declare it to the flight attendant, you say this is a tennis ball and I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I, I would definitely no, put, put it in the plastic bin, x-ray it, 
<laughs> clear it up front. You're good to go. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Satellite Sisters, for that. I wasn't sure where I, whether I was willing to go that public with my butt cheek situation, but you're right. And it's an overnight flight. Half the time it will be dark. Nobody will see. Though maybe that's even weirder to be kind of writhing around in your seat in the, <laughs> in the middle of the night. Okay. Whatever. Uh, Monica, you had a New Year's fitness resolution. How are you doing? I, well, you know, uh, things, uh, it's been touch and go, but it's back on this week. I was happy to learn that, you know, we too have this little calendar at work. We're, we're supposed to log on every time we go to the gym or when we do walks. And I just found out that we're now getting points for um, if we are a member of a singing group. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know, maybe I should go out and do karaoke a couple of nights a week. I can get 10 points for doing karaoke. So would you like, would you like to sing a number right now? We no, would be, no, <laughs> no okay. I would not, but, but you're right, Liz. I, but I'm sort of back on just doing the treadmill, a little bit of weights, a little bit of swimming. I mean, I had a couple of weeks where I didn't do very well. So, um, but I, this, ours is a whole year where we have to earn a certain number of points for a whole year. And then we get a $200 credit on our health insurance. So, um, but people at work are still very, very enthusiastic about it. We have quite a few people that signed up for Weight Watchers. We have women that do the stairs every day at work. And so people still talk about it. So Mm -hmm. it's good. Well, I'm concerned that if my challenge ends this week, as it will, that I'll just, that I'll just completely fall off the wagon. So I have to email Rosemary today and have her like set up. What is the next three month challenge? Um, you know, she's close to being in the money. She is currently number four, but I can tell she's on a roll and she's about to overtake number three. So, uh, so she has everything to gain by setting up another three months because she's proven that she can really do it. Okay. Uh, butt cheek challenge. Here you go. You can do it. Let's take the tennis ball for you. Liz, I want you, we want you to end up in the number five position. Don't, don't we, Monica? Everybody's yes. rooting for you. We'll be you. thinking about you. Okay. you got to let us know. Okay. I'll let you know next week how it goes. We'll, uh, we'll be back on the air next week. By the way, if you have not joined the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, we've had a surge of membership over the last, well, really since the beginning of the new year. Well, really since we started telling you that we have a Facebook group. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I'm approving all kinds of applications for membership. All you have to do was ask and you're in and uh anyway so the satellite sisters group on facebook uh, join us there then anytime we have a new show posted you'll see it you'll get pictures of julie's wall and sham elliot you know maybe monica will post a few things whatever but that's the satellite sisters um on facebook uh and also if you're if you're downloading our show now from iTunes, that's great. And if that's working for you and you like that, good. But Stitcher Radio is another service where you can download an app to your phone. And all of our shows are there on Stitcher. So, And that's totally free. Yes. Uh, so if you haven't tried Stitcher, try it. Let us know how that's working for you. What else do we want to know? I guess that's kind of it, right? Just that's you know, it. Just keep writing us. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, let us know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. All right, sisters, have a good week. Uh, whatever you're doing, uh, enjoy it. And don't forget, call your satellite system.